Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us here today at IED Sports. It is MLS Week 9, and we are breaking down the weekend games. We're here with Alex. Alex, we have last week's games, we have some midweek games to talk about, and those are going to lend us into some predictions for next week. Are you ready to go? Yeah, uh, what a wild week it's been. Let's start talking a little bit about Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati. Um, last weekend, they hosted Colorado Rapids and everything went as planned. Colorado Rapids were one of my easy picks of the week. They won in a 2-1 game that went according to script. Diego Two-zip. Rubio with the goal. Jonathan Lewis off the bench with the goal. That's exactly what Colorado Rapids need to do. And this game was pretty easily predictable. Yeah, I, I, you know, Colorado, especially when they're home, I like taking them. But Cincinnati, I don't know what's going on. Beautiful stadium. You know, they revamped the Boston. They're still not getting results. Uh, this one, to me, it was an easy, you know, if, you, if you're talking to make a little cash, I mean, just taking Colorado on the road in this one, it was a good payout. That was a good move. Absolutely. But I do want to talk about a bright spot for Cincinnati. In that game, Alvaro Barrial had two great long shots where I'm talking 40 yards out like like a dime on net. Um, he also um, had a header that near narrowly missed the goal. And uh, then in the midweek game, he added a goal that was the game-winning goal against Chicago. So I do want to bring up that uh, Cincinnati, they're a mess. But they have pieces that look like they're starting to fit together. Alvaro Barrial, absolutely one of the guys I want to see. I think he could be one of those on the score sheet every week. And Alex, Cincinnati is playing Toronto in probably the worst matchup Mm. of this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about that. What do you see from Cincinnati? I know there's a lot of uh, skank going on in this game, but what, what are your thoughts? You know, Toronto not being home, playing uh, Orlando, Miami. I get confused here sometimes. I think it's Orlando. They're playing their home games. The Josie outdoor situation, Armis. I know Pozuelo came. Uh, he came back last week. I think he played a half. I don't think he. You know, I think he. I don't know. You know, it was cautionary. I don't know if he got re-injured. Pozuelo is playing. I'm not touching this game, but I'm also not betting. I, this this game scares the hell out of me. I can go either way with this game. Both teams. I don't have confidence putting my money on if I want to take something back. Uh, you know. Well, I do have confidence on it, Alex, and it's because here's here's my philosophy. If you bet enough games with very long odds, you're going to win, and when you win, you're going to make up for all your losses. Let's talk about Toronto FC. They looked frisky midweek against Nashville, but that's a very hard game that they just played. Mm -hmm. Had a 3-2 loss. They kind of had us on the edge of the seats a little bit at the end of the game, but they're conceding an average of 2.66 goals, bringing their goals against to 18 in just eight games played this season. That is tremendously bad defense for Toronto FC. I don't love what Cincy's put together either, and I feel you that I would want to stay away from this game. This is not a game I'm looking to get action on, but they're in Explorious Stadium, so no team has the true home advantage, and FC Cincinnati is plus 420. That is a $10 bet. You win $42. You cash out at $52. That is, um, what is the the word for five? Quint. That is quintupling your money on a bet that it's a 50-50 game. Either team could win. I know, and if if you my advice to anyone out there, if you see Puzzwell on the starting lineup, I wouldn't do it. He could make that much of a difference. I I, I would base I would base my bet on Puzzwell on he's that good. I, again, I don't like what's going on in Toronto. What's going on? You know, the out we just mentioned out the door. The coach Armis has got to be one of the coaches between him and Wiki in Chicago on the hot seat. You know, Vancouver notwithstanding, it's close. Uh, Armis got to get some results. If he doesn't get a result this week against Cincinnati. 
I think that the burners are going to be on full blast going forward. So, again, that may have something to do with it. I don't know if the players want to blame him. I heard the the, uh, the quote by the uh, – I think it was the goalie Westberg. It was a bono. I forgot which one. We're playing a high press, but it doesn't seem like we know what we're doing or something crazy like that was a quote. When I hear that coming from the players and, you know, yeah. in the outdoor with the coach – there's problems in that locker room. Altidore, who will miss this game? He is out. Yes. We had uh, we watched yeah. Jefferson Saltedo on his debut for Toronto at Red Bull Arena. He is out for this game. There's just too many cards falling in place. I like Cincinnati. And even if they don't win, at plus 420, you can lose half of these bets and still double your money. So definitely, definitely look at this game. I would take a long, hard look at taking Cincinnati over Toronto at Toronto at Orlando, which is weird. This I, I, I want to put a, I want to put a, a quick sh thing. Brenner on Cincinnati. They, Cincinnati paid all this money for this world-class goal scorer. You need to start producing. It's time. It really is. If it's time this week against Toronto. Is, this is the time for Brenner to start scoring. I mean, he's got to, he's got to start stepping up. This is the time now. You know, they paid a lot of money for this guy, and you know the results are just not there. This is the time. This is the game. If Renner's going to step out, with, and with Barriel, you just mentioned they got that's two bright spots supposedly up front against a Toronto team that's got a lot of questions marks and a lot of off, off the field issues, on field issues, general manager, you know, a lot of issues. This is the game. Cincinnati Brenner got to step up again. I like the odds four twenty. You put a little money on that, you could win big. Again, Pazuelo to me is a big difference maker. This, if he plays, I would stay away. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the other team down in Florida. I, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. In my head, I was talking about Orlando earlier. Yeah. Let's talk about Miami because Miami is quite the mess. Last week, DC United beat them one nothing. I like DC United as a dark horse team going forward. But let's talk about this Inter-Miami team that has absolutely no discipline at all. They lead the league with 27 yellow cards. In this game, Miami against DC, they added two reds. Now they lead the league in red cards too. This game featured an especially poor performance by Grigore, getting two quick yellows on challenges he really didn't have to make. He now has six yellows and one red card on the season, which is more total cards than LAFC, the whole team. Heading into week nine, Miami had the midweek bye, so that's great news, right? Well, it's really not great news because now Grigore is going to be out. Shaw Cross, who got the straight red, is going to be out. They're still missing Pizarro, so although they got this time to rest, Iguain may still not play. None of the players got healthy. None of the players got that rest. And it doesn't really matter to me. I, I really like um, Miami to lose to Orlando in the uh, Florida Derby. How do you feel about this game, Alex? Uh, two words. Daryl DK. That's all, I need. That's all he needs to know. He's back. You saw what he did last week in the 5 yeah, nothing drubbing of San Jose. And it, we've talked about it to me on the show. Older team, guys being suspended. They can't really score. Pizarro has not been there. If you tell me Higuain's not going to play, I, I don't care what kind of home, you know, I don't care how many fans show up at this game. I know it's a rivalry game. I know the, the coach just said this is our biggest game of our career or, or, or ever in Inter Miami or some crazy statement like that this week. You're not going to win games with yellow cards or red cards in an aging roster. You just, I don't care what league you're in. And this is another example where I, I don't see how Inter Miami, they can, they can park the bus all they want. I, I see Orlando winning, and I, I'm to be honest with you, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than a one goal win for Orlando. Absolutely. Now DK hasn't had much time off in this. He's basically played three seasons in a row at this point um, with his time over in England, but he did have a couple weeks off. He kind of made that return. He is a young character, so I expect Orlando to be flying on all cylinders. You're getting plus money, plus one twenty, and that's only because Miami's home. The teams are only traveling four hours to meet each other. Uh, Miami, I don't think, is going to have that big of a home advantage that 
means Orlando isn't worth taking. I'm taking Orlando. I'm taking Orlando every time, and I'm feeling very confident about Orlando over Inter-Miami this weekend. Yeah, I think Orlando is, what, a five out of six without a loss, something like that, and Inter-Miami slipping, you know, Arrows are pointing in one direction for Orlando and another direction for Miami. That should tell you all you need to know where to go in this game. Absolutely. Orlando has uh, four one and one in their last six. And if we look over at Miami, they are uh, one one and four in their last six. So definitely there you two go. teams That's all you need to in know. different trajectories. Now, let's talk a little bit about Atlanta United, kind of another team I wanted to touch on because they just hosted the Philadelphia Union to a 2-2 draw. Now, I picked Atlanta. I was heavy on Atlanta last week. And I think this team, and if you've got to follow me for a second, this was both a resounding win and a crushing defeat for Atlanta United. And I, I just want to say, Atlanta's still missing players. I think they're coming on hot. I like what they're doing on the field. I like the way Atlanta has been playing. They've been playing possession ball. They've been scoring goals. They faced up against the, the cream of the East. In Philadelphia Union. They are a great team. I know you love them. You're probably even a little higher on Philadelphia than I am personally. Great team. Atlanta had a 2-0 win for 85 minutes. Then Philly came out, played the best 10 minutes I've seen in Major League Soccer this season. And Atlanta drops their second result in a row. They had that uh, 2-0 lead against Nashville just before break. And now they do it again to Philly. What's going on in Atlanta? Do you have any trust with this team moving forward? Was it just a fluke? Two great teams they played back-to-back. I think it's a fluke. Again, the roster isn't all there. Joseph Martinez, I know he's still in international duty, Copa America. So he's up front. That changes a lot. Even if he's not the old Joseph Martinez, his presence alone makes them much better. You know, Atlanta at home dropping points. We're not used to that. I, I like to call that Mercedes Dome the Thunderdome because when they way they play, that is a tough place to play with those fans. Yeah. Uh, let, let's Let's – talk about what philadelphia did in a game that second goal by jake mcglesness that i say his name right i always kill his name yes and, that bomb that yes. bomb upper corner that hit the crossbar hit the i think he hit the crossbar three times how hard he hit that it hit the top of the crossbar crossed over line bounced up twice and guzan just looked like someone shot him he just it was it was there's nothing you could do if he stood in the corner that ball would have went in the net that was one of the best goals i've seen in mls in a long time and what a you know, what a way to come back after two nothing to, to tie it that was a backbreaker goal. Gabriel Hines is supposed to be a defensive guy. You know, he's a great player and a great coach. I know there's bad blood between Philadelphia and Atlanta. There's some, some coaches, yeah. between the coaches back and forth. Curtin has called him an asshole. I mean, you know, the, right into the press, Blade blatantly called him an, an, an asshole. Beep. Yeah, but, you know, it's they don't like each other. That makes this even a better rivalry game. I, I'm not really worried about Atlanta. I think once the once the once all these cups, the Copa Americas and the Gold Cup and all that, once the summer starts winding down, you're going to see Atlanta hit the – hit the pedal with speed on that turf, and they're going to be a threat towards the end of the year. And I still think they're not done with that roster. They're going to keep tinkering. You know, it just happens. Sometimes you blow games. This is one of the games. They took a great goal by Philadelphia to, to take the take the, take the the three points away from Atlanta and just give them a point. Give, give credit to Philadelphia going on the road, down 2 nothing, scoring two goals late. That's a sign of a championship team. They don't have all their guys. And I also want to talk about Leon Flock, the, the, the German guy from St. Pauli. They brought over. Well, we're going to talk about them because Philly, Philly's up next, but we got to finish talking yeah. about Atlanta. What an acquisition. Um, what an acquisition. Sometimes acquisition. you play really well. Sometimes your star striker goes on international duty and catches COVID. So Atlanta, here's the question. Are they packing enough firepower in week nine to beat Red Bull at home? Red Bull can't win on the road. Red Bull have their own injuries. Uh, I was at the game this, uh, last week when they, uh, what was it? They destroyed Nashville. It was a 2 nothing, And then they went on the road and, down or new, we were talking New England was spanking them three nothing. They came back three two, made it an effort. The Red Bull on the road, you know, traditionally not so good. Atlanta home, traditionally good. Again, 
these teams don't like each other going back to the Chris Armas playoff days when, you know, he changed the whole formation. They lost in the Eastern, was it, finals, yeah. whatever it was. Yep, yep, yep. But, again, I, I, I have a hard time picking New York on the road here, man, even though what, what's going on Atlanta. If anything, For the I'm record, New York it. has lost their three consecutive road games. Yeah. 3-2 to New England. Before that, their last road game was 3-1 to New England. Before that, their last home game was that 1-0 loss to Philadelphia. So I definitely not only has yeah. it been rivals, but it's yeah. been on the road. It doesn't look good yeah. for me for Red Bull and I. I, yeah, would, I would be take Atlanta. I would taking take Atlanta. Atlanta this weekend. It, yeah, it kind of stinks to say, but you gotta you gotta use your mind over your brain sometimes. Now, again, we talked about this off the air. On a short week, I get nervous. Squad rotation. Some guys you're gonna look at the line like, whoa, what's going on here? Because of short rest, that could make a factor in your betting, you know, wise. But I haven't seen anything from the Red, New York Rebels. New York Rebels at home are excellent. I mean, really, they've, they're undefeated at home, but yeah. they can't win on the road. And until that changes, I'm not changing my uh, my advice to anyone's betting. Take Red Bulls at home or on the road, go with the other team. And until further notice, you just can't go wrong doing that. And I would like to say, though, that Red Bull's been frisky this season. And they're Very not frisky. a team that I'm they're, – they're nearly on my do-not bet list because just – chaos is happening i guess that's kind of controlled chaos that's the plan but i i don't know what to think they're playing better than i think they should in some games and they're playing way worse than i think they should in others and it's not even the game like look at first half against second half during the midweek game that three two loss like it was just a tale of two halves i don't know what's going on here but i do think atlanta has a slight edge i do want to talk about atlanta's last opponent and that is the philadelphia union we talked about that 2-2 tie, Glesnus with the banger. Then Philadelphia goes on and beats the Columbus Crew 1-0. The Union right now haven't lost since their 2-0 shorthanded defeat at the hands of New York City FC. They are 5-3-0 in their last eight games, mostly on the back of their defense, allowing only four goals in that eight-game span, two of which were to Atlanta. Let's talk about Philadelphia, the form they're in right now. I was, you know, I just started talking about Leon Flock. What a, what a pickup by Philadelphia to replace Aronson. He starts the beginning year. I think he was playing defensive midfield towards the left. Now they got him in the central role, being a playmaker. I mean, this guy is just well. Uh, Martinez is off the Copa America. You know, I know, I know you have some. You're, you're, you're a little down on their goal scoring ability up front with Burke and Shabilko and Santos. I'm not worried about those three guys. I'm really not. Once Martinez comes back, the Wizard, they'll be fine with Flock there. They'll be fine. Uh, Chicago, I mean, I don't want to jump, you know, Philadelphia to me is still next to New England. I think they're the second best team in the East. Maybe Columbus, Orlando, and that, you know, those those are the top four with New York City just on the outside. It's hard to bet against Philadelphia, especially now we're going we're, uh, we're to switch gears and talk about how bad Chicago is. What are they, 1-1-7 one, one, and seven on the year? Yeah, Philadelphia is playing Chicago this week. Yeah, Chicago Fires 1-1-7 one, one, and seven this year. Even worse, they've only scored four goals in nine matches. So as good as Philadelphia's defense has been, Chicago Fires' offense has been that bad. They have a negative 10-goal differential, and we aren't in Week 10 yet, Alex. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're a lot like Cincinnati. They in the offseason made a lot of moves. I mean, Chicago was a top eight in payroll. You know, Barrett is supposed to be a good scorer. Jimenez, Alisada. These are some good players they got there. Uh, the Serbian guy, Stojanovic. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, Rafael Wicki, he was a highly regarded guy. You know, he coached in the Swiss League, so he's highly intelligent. MLS is not an easy league. Ask a lot of your older Euro guys that come here. This is not a, a pickup you know, league. This is this is not like Division Three in some of these European leagues. This is a tough league. If you're off to a slow start, it's hard to catch up. The travel and the the heat and the, it's difficult. Chicago right now is having a hard time. And now you know they're one one and seven. And look who comes into town. One of the hottest teams in MLS, Philadelphia. Now this is the type of game on a short week where I would say, you know what, this is the coming out party, Chicago. 
you know, the plus whatever, what, what are the odds of this game? It's like, it's crazy, right? It, it's it? Philadelphia Union plus 150. The teams are about ranked yeah, even. It doesn't bad. make any sense yeah, at all. Yeah, this I, makes I, would, I, would say, I would take Philadelphia. I'm still absolutely no sense at all. One yeah, thing I do have to say about Chicago, though, I thought they were going to convert a lot of their chances, but not have many chances. It's been almost the exact opposite. They have 12.8 expected goals and only converted four of them. So they've been getting the chances on net. They just can't find the back of it. So I do want to mention that about Chicago Fire. I thought with guys like Robert Barrage that they were going to be burying all their chances, just not having chances. It's been the exact opposite. They've been getting the chances. They just haven't been finding the back of the net. Maybe something is going to change. Something's going to click sometime soon. But until then, I'm taking the Philadelphia Union plus 150. Like, you're, come on, you're more than doubling your money on an easy bet. Now, Philadelphia is the road team, but Chicago is not that far away. I mean, it should not be a Soldier Field. Uh, don't forget, Soldier Field is like a barren, you know, they, you can hear the echoes and say how big it's a big football stadium. Yeah. So the whole field advantage, unless they have 50,000 people, the, the fans don't make that much of a difference than some of the other soccer specific stadiums, all 20,000, a lot closer yeah. to the field. Spoiler so alert, me, they are not going to have 50,000 fans there. That's what I'm saying. So that, that's another reason why I, I, you know, I like Philadelphia here. Uh, I'm sorry, Chicago. And again, you got to start talking about a, a coaching change in Chicago. If, it, if they lose this game, one win after what, 10? That's, I don't know how you can keep a job after that. I really don't. So those are our predictions for the week. I just do want to go over a few of them one more time. I have Orlando City plus 120. I have FC Cincinnati over Toronto plus 400. Chicago Fire plus, uh, sorry, Philadelphia over Chicago Fire plus 150. I also have LA Galaxy plus 230 over San Jose Quakes in San Jose. That's going to be a huge game, a huge rivalry. Yes, we yes. got the working class San Jose against the uh, you know glitz and glamour LA Galaxy. You got spending money versus money ball. That's going to be a great match. But again, plus 230, San Jose hasn't been very good. I like the chances there. And I also have Atlanta United minus 110 against New York Red Bull this weekend so make some of those bets i'm going to throw a graphic up share it out on twitter with all of you so that you can all be on the same page and you can go to idsports.com find my article i put accountability for every week and alex i've gone seven straight weeks in the green betting on major league soccer isn't that a great feeling uh listen i've had fun at major league soccer to me this is you know people need to start listening to us more vegas just hasn't caught up yet vegas Uh, just simply has not caught up yet to me it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. It really is. One of my favorite things has been uh, Sporting KC is like in FanDuel's sportsbook as Sporting Cristal, which oh, is a great. South American team. So if yeah. you if you pull up the bets like early when they first come out before anyone changes them, it's like three days with the wrong team name on there. That just shows you how little they care about Major League Soccer. And that's how FanDuel we get some hire of these us. lines. FanDuel should hire us for... To run their soccer There's no way odds adjusters know that the Toronto Cincinnati game is being played in Miami because that wouldn't be <laughs> FC Cincinnati plus 400. Uh, There's no way that, that that could not be that anyone setting those odds looked at where the game's being played. They just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And and we're going to pounce on it until they shut us down, Alex. Which uh, let, listen, knows, sport, speaking of Sporting Kansas City, they're playing LAFC this weekend. Yes. That's another big time game you want to check out if you're MLS soccer. Not bad, anyways, just, just to check out two good teams. Sporting Kansas City home is always tough tough to play against and you know rumblings a uh, busio going to syria in italy there's a whole bunch of teams bidding for him get to watch him now he's not going to be in major league soccer long he's going to be on the gold cup he may be our starting midfielder uh, watch this kid he's going to be he's i think he's 18 years old he's going to be a yeah. star and i think syria is talking it looks like he's going to make the jump very soon 
I, you know, I expect any day now you're going to hear some kind of news about that. You heard Caden Clark just going to Red Bull Leipzig. You've seen all these young Americans now, more going into Europe, into bigger teams. It's an exciting scene. It's all because of Major League Soccer. Uh, anyone that disses our league, uh, not developing young American talent, doesn't know what they're talking about. We've had not had this young amount of talent coming through our league and our systems ever. And now you're starting to reap the results. You saw what happened to the U.S. national team in the League of Nations. Yes. This is awesome. Awesome to see. And you're like now with Copa America winding down and Euro Cup winding down, you're going to start hearing rumors of these players wanting to come in MLS. Some may be true or not, but it's exciting to hear that players want to come here. I heard Griezmann wants to come here. He just made the announcement the other day. We always hear Messi, Ronaldo coming. So even we might get some older guys here, it's still better than nothing. I want to see these guys Absolutely. here. I want to see Major League Soccer be Absolutely. on the top and story it's worth every that night. While... We all want to see it. You know, We all want to see it. It's worth noting that while the winter transfer in Europe is the big transfer window for major league soccer players coming and going is going to be the summer transfer window. We're going to have that all for you right here. Alex, we got to watch to find that. I 80 sports right here with Bob and Alex.